0: Welcome to the Hollywood vs. Hollywood podcast. I'm your host, HT, joining you with my co-host, the Heart, Michael Herbert. Happy to be here. On the last episode, we talked about movies set in Washington, D.C. On this episode, we are going off-world to talk about movies set in outer space. Today, on the Hollywood vs. Hollywood podcast, we're going to talk about Red Planet versus Mission to Mars.
1: I have a, a small point of order. I, I would like to always talk about the movies in alphabetical order. Well, this is not your podcast, my friend. I, it's <laughs> at least
0: a little bit my podcast. Today, on the Hollywood versus Hollywood podcast, we're talking about Mission to Mars versus Red Planet. Let's start with uh, Mission to Mars, Michael.
1: For centuries, we've searched for the origin of life on Earth. We've been looking on the wrong planet. Prepare to abandon Chevy's.
0: What is Mission to Mars about?
1: All right, I want to remind people that I I don't prepare for this. So uh, Mission to Mars is about a group of white people who (laughs) are traveling... Oh uh, hold on! Don't forget Cheadle. He's already there, right? Is he the person to first step on Mars? Unclear. First... Unclear. There's a lot of time jumps. Yeah, in Mission to Mars. So there, there, there's some information left on the table there. The bulk of the movie is about a group of white people who are heading to Mars on a on a rescue mission.
0: Okay, I, there were also Russians there. I know they were white, but I, I
1: think Russian is diverse. You are absolutely incorrect.
0: Let's, uh, let's jump to Red Planet. The Mars Terraforming Project will be the greatest achievement in the history of human exploration. We have to make Mars the future.
1: Ready? A big day. No room for mistakes either.
0: Gentlemen, we're eating dinner on Mars. <laughs> <laughs> Mars Ground Room, this is Mars One. Do you hear me? Over. Uh, Michael, what is Red Planet about?
1: Uh, Red Planet is about a group of similarly non-diverse individuals, uh, save for Benjamin Bratt, who are going to Mars to determine why the plan to seed the planet Mars with algae in order to create oxygen so that humans can survive there, why that plan has not worked out. The algae is Disappearing, and they they need to know why, because we have destroyed the Earth with pollution.
0: We're terrible people. Uh, Both movies sound very exciting. Uh, White people have done a lot of exploration over the years. It doesn't always go well for other people. Uh, Uh, Or, yeah,
1: alien races.
0: But uh, exploration is always welcome. Great job, everybody, all astronauts. Uh, So I have these movies as uh, quote-unquote Mars movies. Uh, The Martian with Matt Damon, Total Recall with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Mission to Mars, obviously, with Gary Sinise. Red Planet, with Val Kilmer. Ghosts of Mars, with Ice Cube. And an honorable mention to John Carter, with Tall Aliens. Which of all of those movies mentioned is the best Mars movie?
1: Which is the best Mars movie? Can you give me a quick rundown again? It's Total Recall.
0: It is Total Recall. It's not, not even a question. That's a stupid debate to have. It is Total Recall. If you... If you pick any other movie, you are un-American.
1: I I can't endorse that position, but Total Recall, I believe, is the best of those films. It's the most complete vision, and it takes place entirely on Mars uh, in a distant future. Uh, It's a very inventive story. It's Arnold Schwarzenegger in his prime. It's got a woman with three breasts, and what's the gentleman's name? Grotto, Grotto.
0: That sounds about <laughs> right. Grotto. I don't think the guy who grows out of is
1: Grotto. Spoiler
0: alert: the, We're talking about the baby that grows out of the man's chest. It's not a baby. It looks like a disfigured baby. Quatto. You were close. You were
1: close. I said Grotto. Yeah, you okay. were
0: very close. You were very close.
1: I should. I should do better.
0: Yeah. With Red Planet and Mission to Mars, Michael, do you have a favorite of the two?
1: Shouldn't we shouldn't we hold off till we, we get to the... No,
0: no, we should not hold off. Tell me, which one's your favorite? I mean,
1: Red, Red Planet is near and dear to my heart. I mean, I believe even before we started talking about this podcast, I have probably brought up Red Planet in conversation um, unmotivated. You
0: have mentioned that you have seen Red Planet many times. I watched Mission to Mars in the theaters when it was released, mainly because I was a Gary Sinise fan. I didn't know anything about Brian De Palma at the time, so it was not for the director.
1: I'll say that when I sat down to watch Mission to Mars this time and it said a Brian De Palma film, I was very surprised.
0: Watching it on the big screen, specifically the four-tethered astronaut space jump sequence uh, and the alien PowerPoint presentation, those are both really big moments watching the movie. Are you ready to pit these two movies head-to-head against each other? I'm ready. Let's go. Helmets will be cracked. Nematodes will explode, but only one can emerge, a true Hollywood victor, in the Hollywood vs. Hollywood podcast.
1: They are running out of air. They find that the Habs
0: destroyed. They gotta find the rover. You are describing a really good 10-episode Netflix series. This score stinks. Each movie will compete today in 19 categories, and it will be granted a point if it wins the category. Whichever movie has the most total points. Wins this episode of the Hollywood vs. Hollywood podcast. Love it. The other movie bites the Martian dust. Michael and I are also each allowed the ace up the sleeve card. Michael, what is the ace of the sleeve card? Uh,
1: the ace up your sleeve brings any debate about a particular category to an end. So if we find ourselves uh, in disagreement about which film deserves the point in a specific category you can pull out the ace, of, uh, the ace up your sleeve, or I can pull out the ace up my sleeve and say, I believe strongly that the point should go to this specific movie. So let's get into it, Michael. Category one. Best leading actor.
0: Let's start with Val Kilmer. He is an icon of American cinema with unforgettable roles in movies like Top Gun, The Doors, Tombstone, Batman Forever, and of course, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. These are some of the movies he did within two years of Red Planet. The Prince of Egypt, At First Sight, Joe the King, and Pollock. I only know Prince of Egypt in that last bunch. I
1: like the first list of movies that you gave.
0: (laughs) Well, that's his filmography, but this is what he did within two years of Red Planet. Yeah. What do you think of that overall filmography and then those last four movies?
1: I'm a big uh, Val Kilmer fan. Um, His performance in Tombstone is so outstanding. Batman Forever meant a lot to me at the, that time of, of my youth. And it just I just saw Val Kilmer in um, making a cameo appearance in Top Gun Maverick. And it was uh, great to see him again. Gary Sinise had everything going for him with his roles in movies like Forrest Gump,
0: Apollo 13, Of Mice and Men. And then I think he got market corrected by Tom Hanks. These are the movies Gary Sinise did within two years of Mission to Mars. He was in Snake Eyes also directed by De Palma. He was in The Green Mile with Tom Hanks, and he
1: was in The Reindeer Games. What do you think of that filmography? Uh, well, you did not mention Ransom, which uh, needs to be mentioned. Oh, yeah, he, he played the bad guy in it, He right? did. Um, also, he's got a small uh, role in The Quick and the Dead, uh, which is a movie that I, I, I like a lot. Um, shout out to Snake Eyes. What a movie. Um, I really, really, really like Gary Sinise. I don't know that I agree with the market-corrected assertion, because there's something that's just not quite as warm uh, about Gary Sinise. You know, even when I was watching uh, Mission to Mars, there were just moments where I felt like, has Gary Sinise ever smiled before? Like, has he ever looked in the mirror and smiled and, and said, like, yep, that's how humans do it? There's something a little alien about him. There's something a little cold about him. So, you know, I think he's a beloved American actor, uh, I, I, I think his f- filmography kind of accurately represents his, his best use in films.
0: I wonder if he's a better stage actor than he is a film actor. I've never seen him on... Oh, well, you know what? I did see him on stage. I saw him in uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest playing the Jack Nicholson part, and he was incredible in it.
1: Randall McMurphy, Murphy. I, I would have loved to seen that.
0: He was really good. So maybe a better stage actor than a movie actor.
1: And let me just circle back. I watched Apollo 13 not too long ago. What a film. What a film, Ron Howard, American Treasure.
0: Great movie, uh, Michael. When it comes to Val Kilmer as space janitor Gallagher and Gary Sinise as serious astronaut with dead eyes Jim McConnell, who is a better leading actor?
1: I mean, oh man, I feel like I feel like I'm 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 I feel like I'm revealing my hand really early here. Val Kilmer is so entertaining. He's so charismatic. Uh, I think he has genuine chemistry with the people around him. You know, he he's talking throughout the film to Carrie Ann Moss, who's uh, on a spaceship floating above the, the red planet, and I I feel their connection. He's got a few interactions with each character, particularly with Terrence Stamp, and the chemistry that he's able to create in those moments carries through the rest of the film. Terrence Stamp doesn't make it out of the first 18 minutes of the movie, But they reference conversations that he has with Val Kilmer in the last 10 minutes of the movie. Um, I feel like absolutely any other white man could have played the role of Jim in Mission to Mars. There's something extremely static about the performances in that movie. There's not much performing. There's not much emoting. There's a little bit of backstory to these characters, but I really don't understand their motivations. I don't know why they want to go through the trouble of going to Mars. I I just don't buy the character that Gary Sinise plays like I do the space janitor that Val Kilmer plays.
0: I really wish that the leading actors in these movies were Tom Sizemore and Don Cheadle, because to me that would make a much more interesting conversation. Because I honestly thought that Val Kilmer had checked out, so did a lot of the other cast, whereas Carrie and Moss and Tom Sizemore were either trying, well, Carrie and Moss I thought was trying, and Tom Sizemore I thought was having fun with it.
1: I don't know if you noticed the sunglasses that Val Kilmer is wearing 1st the first time we see him in the film, but yeah, he's saw- supposed to be cool, so he's playing it cool. While that may be, he's,
0: he's but I thought he was being a creepozoid with the, with the shower scene and talking about his sisters and whatnot.
1: I mean, this, we're talking about a time and a place, and we're going to run into a lot of that by investigating films, you know, from the not-so-distant past.
0: Yeah. Uh, Gary Sinise, for me personally, uh, you know, being a fan, obviously, and having seen this movie in the theater— Oh my God, like watching this movie on the big screen was just amazing. I wish I had that experience with Red Planet so I could be more balanced in my thought about this. But uh, while I don't think he had the best performance, I did enjoy his performance more than Val Kilmer's. Really? I agree with you that it's not a full bloated experience, especially if you're supposed to feel his feelings towards his wife, as is what the movie suggests. You know, I don't know if a different actor or a different director could have nailed the, that landing better. But, uh, you know, to go to a scene where he's uh, going to the habitat where Don Cheadle has survived uh, in, the, in the greenhouse and acting without saying anything and just kind of looking around, I felt like he was able to pull it together better. Whereas in, in Val Kilmer and generally speaking about Red Planet, I just felt like they were with locked down tripods on sound stages the whole time.
1: Really? I feel almost the exact opposite.
0: We we going to have a very interesting it's podcast. It's gonna be going a long forward.
1: podcast. Let me let me let let, let let let's put a pin in the lead actor and let, let's talk about the larger cast.
0: Do you wanna jump categories and talk about the cast? Yeah. Okay. So we're going to uh, skip two categories. We're going to skip two categories and go to category four. Which movie had the best cast? Overall cast. Red Planet, Val Kilmer, Tom Sizemore, my favorite, Carrie and Moss, Hot Off the Matrix. The handsome Benjamin Bratt, my favorite person from Catwoman. The mentalist, Simon. The mentalist. The mentalist, Simon Baker, another handsome person. And Academy Award nominee, Terrence Stamp. A famous that guy in every movie. What do you think about that cast?
1: I love this cast.
0: Let me go over the cast of Mission to Mars. We have Academy Award winner, Gary Sinise. Academy Award nominee, Don Cheadle. Academy Award winner, Tim Robbins. A Connie Nielsen. Jerry O'Connell from Kangaroo Jack, a great movie. And then uncredited for some reason, Academy Award nominee, Armin Mueller-Stahl. I could not understand a single word that he was saying.
1: He's tough. He's tough.
0: But he's a great actor. So we have, we're we're talking about like 17 Academy Award winning actors here.
1: And the film does absolutely nothing with any of them.
0: So you think Sizemore, who I love, and Carrie Ann Moss- Outweigh Academy Award winners Gary Sinise, nominee Don Cheadle, and winner Tim Robbins.
1: Tom Sizemore by himself takes them all down, takes them down to Chinatown. He is chewing scenery. He is making every ridiculous line work for him. The fact that Tom Sizemore, like, lost control of his life and isn't acting anymore is a tragedy. I loved... Every minute of seeing him on screen.
0: I would have edged towards Sizemore based on that. However, I thought Don Cheadle packed a performance of this movie. And because of that, he pulls me back.
1: So the reason I wanted to jump ahead to this 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 category was I could tell you're in the Mission to Mars camp when it comes to performances. And I, I think it's clear I'm in the, the Red Planet Camp, so... Let's divvy it up. I thought we should divvy it up. Okay, you take... You know, because I don't care for the
0: best leading actor category. No, 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 no,
1: no. Mission to Mars gets leading character. Tom Sizemore takes it for Red Planet. Because I I can totally live in a world where we acknowledge Gary Sinise and all the wonderful things he's done for this country.
0: Oh, but you're going to take the cast?
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: Fine. I will make that compromise. So, category one, which is best leading actor, goes to Mission to Mars. And... Tom Sizemore, based on his charisma and entertainment value alone, beats out multiple Academy Award winners and nominees to win the category for Red Planet.
1: And let's be fair. It's not just Tom Sizemore. It's Tom Sizemore. It's Val Kilmer. It's Carrie Ann Moss. It's, it's, it's the cast.
0: Okay, fine. I, we have made a compromise here. Now let's get to category two. Which film had the better title? Red Planet or Mission to Mars?
1: I'm really actually interested to hear what you have to say about this.
0: Well, both are. this is like the previous podcast. Both are uh, pretty straightforward titles. Red Planet is a common nickname for Mars. At the time that these movies came out, there was a lot of American public interest in Mars. Rovers were being sent there, and the first high-definition images of Mars' surface were being sent back. It was a hot topic, and rovers were used in the story of both movies. Red Planet's original title was Mars. But when they found out that Mission to Mars was also being released, they wanted to avoid confusion and they changed their title to Red Planet. If you have to change your title because of the other movie, yours is not the best title. Oh man.
1: I knew it. I knew we were going to be opposed on this. Let me let me let me give you my pitch, okay? So, I uh, yeah, I think it's clear I'm I'm squarely in the pro Red Planet camp. That being said, when I I look at our scorecard, you know, I, I try and think about things objectively, and I try and think, what's the argument? Like, what's the argument for Mission to Mars, right? And the more I thought about it, the more I disliked the title, Mission to Mars, and here's why. Mission to Mars sounds like the title of a Discovery Channel documentary. It sounds like the name of a ride at Disney World. Which it, which it was, I think. I think. It's called, like, Mission Space, I think. Um and Red Planet. The more I thought about the title Red Planet, the more it reminded me of of things like Forbidden Planet, you know, of like Planet Nine from Outer Space, like classic, you know, sci-fi films. So, uh, do, you,
0: do you know what other planets are red in the solar system?
1: Jupiter's kind of red.
0: Jupiter's kind of red. Yeah, is Saturn kind of red, or is more beige? I don't know. Well, I'd have to my think about my it. point P- is that
1: orange. My point is that Red Planet can be any Red Planet. You know what planet we're talking about when we ace up my sleeve. Ace up my sleeve, Red Planet, better title. Ace up
0: your sleeve. I think
1: I'm going to regret using my ace up my sleeve so soon.
0: I don't know. I I thought I made a fair argument, and I don't know if you thought about it objectively. I I thought
1: I was convincing you with the Discovery Channel Disney ride argument you know
0: what i would entertain red planet as being a better title but i don't know if you made good arguments i made great arguments can we move on to the next category uh category three which film won the box office when they were released now this is a very objective category uh, because despite my protest you're pretty hard-lined in this category what are the rules of this category michael
1: which one made more money grossed more money an immovable object you are sir i just don't see any reason to make things more complicated than they need to be here's brass
0: tacks mission to mars made 111 million dollars from a budget of 100 million dollars it
1: must have been a hell of a marketing campaign
0: red planet made 33.5 million dollars from a budget of 80 million dollars obvious winner here but i also wanted to mention one more movie which was released in february 2000 can you guess what that is
1: it's space oriented apollo 13 Nope. No?
0: Pitch Black was released in February 2000. Oh. Just two or three weeks before Mission to Mars. It made $53 million from a $23
1: million budget. And you're mentioning this because you just like Pitch Black?
0: Because it's another movie set on a desolate planet where people are trying to survive. And it was, it was released the same year. And it was released three weeks before Mission to Mars.
1: That's interesting. I
0: wonder if that's a better twin movie than Red Planet.
1: Why would you say that in the middle of our podcast?
0: We'll cut that out. Uh, In terms of uh, who won the box office based on gross dollars, my favorite, Mission to Mars, is a clear winner. No debate about it.
1: No debate about it.
0: I did not know you felt so strongly about Red Planet. I
1: didn't know that anyone could feel strongly about Mission to Mars.
0: Moving on to the next category, the best, best scenes. First nominee for Red Planet. Carrie Ann Moss puts out zero gravity fire in her spaceship. 0G fire sequence effects were done by Hammerhead Studios. What do you think of that scene?
1: So, it's interesting that you you you're describing that because that is a a, a cross-cutting scene. The fire is happening during what I've written down is actually my favorite scene, which is the um Faulty landing, the the, the the faulty landing on the planet Mars.
0: Was that cross-cutting yeah. together? Because I was, I also loved the bouncy ball landing. I mean, I I would say that's all. That's one scene. That's one scene? Yeah. Okay, done. So we'll call that one nominee, including the bouncy landing. And I, I actually, I think we're
1: going to agree on the mission to Mars scene, too.
0: Let's see. Well, there's, I have two more nominees for Red Planet. Do you want to get into it? I don't or even if,
1: think we have to talk about it.
0: All
1: right. Uh, but, but, yeah, let me hear Let me hear
0: so I love the Val Kilmer death scene when he takes out takes out his helmet and he discovers that there is air on Mars.
1: Oh yeah, when he's suffocating. Yeah, that's a great scene. It's there are some moments of the movie which, which are like a horror film. I mean, you you could look at Red Planet and be like, this is a silly sci fi movie, but the Mentalist and Tom Sizemore, they're standing there listening. Uh, to Val Kilmer, choked to death in his own spacesuit. Not helping him. What are they going to do? I don't know. Show some sympathy? You're on Mars, baby. Every man for himself. I, I, just, I-, I thought it was a gripping scene.
0: Okay. So, I mean, it is a nominee. Uh, I liked it that much that it's a nominee. Uh, the third nominee I have from Red Planet is the Tom Sizemore monologue, where he talks about how he is a geneticist with a Ph.D., I was laughing my ass while watching this. I thought it was very funny.
1: You're talking about later in the film where they're talking about the different virtues of, of uh, living either a scientifically driven life or a spiritual life.
0: Yes, and he, he says something about being a geneticist.
1: I, I think it takes a great actor to, to make that not sound absolutely ridiculous. It's probably the most ridiculous dialogue in the movie.
0: It's, it sounded like a mob guy saying I'm a scientist.
1: He doesn't come across necessarily as an intellectual. I'll give, I'll grant you that. So that, those are my three nominees.
0: I, an honorable mention uh, for all of the Amy robot scenes. The effects on Amy were just incredible. It reminded me of the incredible effects that come in Transformers movies seven years after this movie. Uh, Amy effects were done by a company called CineSight. I don't know if they're still around. But I think we both agree that scene one, where Carrie and Moss puts out the zero-gravity fire while the bouncy balloon landing is
1: happening on Mars. Agreed. And, and I do want to endorse that the Amy effects are really impressive throughout the movie. The physics and the motion of the robot, I, I thought were particularly impressive, as well as uh, the light rendering, you know, especially in the night sequences. Really, really, really good early effects work.
0: Yeah, it was uh, way ahead of its time. But we both agree that the best scene is Carrie-Anne Moss, zero gravity fire, cross-cut width. How would you describe that landing? Bouncy ball? It's
1: crash landing.
0: The crash Uh, landing with the balloons? You know what
1: it reminded me of? I I don't know if you ever had this experience when you were a kid, um, and I don't remember what the purpose of this project was in elementary school, but essentially, like, you take an egg, and you put the egg in something, and then you drop it. And the point is to protect the egg. So, like, you could attach a parachute to it or add more padding to it.
0: Oh, so different kids would try different things.
1: You'd try and, yeah, you'd see who can drop the egg from the highest without breaking the egg. Gotcha, gotcha. This was
0: uh, the landing technique used for some of the rovers at the time or was being developed for some of the rovers at the time. It was an interesting thing that the movie chose to do to show a Mars landing this way. It was totally fun.
1: I mean, it's very visceral. There, there's that moment where there's a couple moments while it's rolling that are, are are pretty impressive. There's one really wide shot, which gives you a great sense of the scale of the, of the, the landing craft versus the planet. And then there's a a, a moment where it, it hits kind of a ramp like it hits a a rock that kind of acts like a ramp and it flies you know throws it in the air and it's tumbling and uh i mean it's clear that it was a a prop right it's clear that this was a, a practical uh vehicle or a I, pra- I
0: i don't know i i think once it lands it might be uh, an actual physical thing but on the wider shots it might have it, it might have been uh cgi it looks too good
1: it looks too good to me well the,
0: i know the fire Scene overall does not look good, but the fire itself looks really great. Mm,
1: I like the Mars stuff better, but we agree it's the best sequence. It's the same
0: time in the movie. Yes. Let's talk about scenes in Mission to Mars. There's two nominees. Do you want me to get into it? Sure. Jerry O'Connell's hand gets hit by a meteorite, and then the whole sequence starts where they're chasing down the blood to find the leak in the spacecraft. And then later on, they use uh, the Dr. Pepper to chase down further leaks, Tim Robbins does a spacewalk to repair the leak from outside. It was a very well edited and beautifully crafted scene. And it had a really great score. What did you think about that scene?
1: I think that after Stand By Me, that Jerry O'Connell never should have stepped in front of a camera again. You did not like his acting. He almost makes the movie unwatchable at times. And
0: (sighs) minus Kangaroo Jack, what did you think about that scene?
1: I thought the visual effects are really tough. The visualization of liquids in the air and the spacecraft are very tough. I think that scene is not as clever as the filmmakers thought it was going to be. And it's a sequence where the oxygen in the aircraft is is escaping, right? And people are in mortal peril. And for some reason, Gary Sinise refuses to to put his helmet on, even though when you and I board a United flight, they, what do they say? Put your oxygen on before you try and help somebody else. So there's a lot of non-scientific things happening in that sequence, which, which kind of took me out of the movie, and also the terrible visual effects. So I did not think the visual effects were terrible. They were done by ILM, and I thought they were very convincing. Not my favorite scene. Okay. Scene
0: two, the four-person tethered spacewalk scene. Every moment in the scene, as they make their way to the Remo. All the way up to when Connie Nielsen tries to rescue her husband, Tim Robbins, and he opens his helmet to stop her from coming after him. I thought that scene was also
1: brilliant. This is clearly the best scene in the movie.
0: Okay, so those are the two nominees. Uh, Fine, I'll take it. So uh, the four-person tethered spacewalk leading to Tim Robbins' death. And uh, from Red Planet, uh, the space fire plus bouncy ball landing. Uh, which is your favorite scene of the two? I,
1: you know, uh, I'm, I'm in the red planet corner, but I have to give it to Mission to Mars. Mission to Mars. The scale of the sequence uh, is really impressive. Um, it... I,
0: I have to mention this. When watching it in the theater on the big screen, you feel like you're falling toward Mars. One of the most tense moments is when Tim Robbins looks at his uh, uh, mirror and you see the spacecraft burning behind him and he goes hey beautiful that was a very scary moment as an audience watching the movie
1: i thought it was one of the few moments in mission to mars where weightlessness was sold really well i i, I after watching uh, apollo 13 not too long ago which does the weightlessness incredibly because they actually shot in zero gravity using this uh parabola flying
0: the Russian spacecraft. Yeah. No,
1: it was a, it was a, it's a NASA aircraft that it flies up in the air and then it flies towards the ground. And, and so
0: you have like uh, thirty seconds of weightlessness.
1: Yeah, really, really impressive stuff. So I had a hard time watching them kind of fake the anti gravity uh, a lot of the times uh, in Mission to Mars. But the opening shot of that sequence where they they float out and they're separate from the spacecraft for the first time, I thought that was a standout shot of the film. I thought the score uh, by Ennio Morricone really stood out I, uh, throughout the rest of the film. I, I thought that the score was kind of misplaced. It felt very grand and expansive, you know, like makes it makes sense in in a Western, but you know, when you're in like a sterile spaceship, it didn't make so much sense to me. Uh, but well, I, to, to
0: me, it invoked it invoked a heartbeat. The the score, the the organs that he was using, invoked uh, a beating heart.
1: To me, it invoked a movie that I would have preferred to watch okay. other than mission to mars <laughs> but this is a great scene this is a great scene and um it, it's one of the scenes in the movies that that really felt like it had the the kind of signature brian de palma suspense
0: yeah very suspenseful scene so i'm glad you picked that because uh i you know it saved me an easel of the sleeve card
1: i'm nothing but if not diplomatic
0: mission to mars wins the category for best best scene category six the best title drop. What is this category, Michael?
1: If the name of the film, the title of the film is mentioned as a line of dialogue.
0: And uh, if they both say it, then whichever said they it both,
1: better. No, they both get a point. You just get a point.
0: If you say it. Yes. Oh, so it, it, this could be like each movie getting a yes. point. And we don't talk about which one did it better.
1: We don't care.
0: Okay. Well, uh, I did not notice a title drop in either movie. Does that mean it's a tie?
1: Or does that mean it's zero points? No either? points awarded.
0: Zero points to both movies for zero title drops.
1: Shame on them.
0: <laughs> well, that went quickly. Category seven. The best music moment slash needle drop. This is, uh, what is this, Michael?
1: I think we wanted to, to find a way to, to talk about music in, in a little bit of a different way. And, and when you're comparing two movies... One might have a score, one might have a pop music background, one might have needle drop moments, and the other might not. It may have diegetic music moments. So this point uh, goes to the film that just has, has the best moment that involves music. So it could be a pop song, it could be a moment of scoring, it could be a character singing a song. Hint, hint.
0: It could be a character singing a song, you said? Oh my god, okay, this is going to be a fight. So, uh, this is what I wrote down. Despite all of its pop songs, Red Planet's soundtrack didn't stand out to me in any way. In Mission to Mars, the musical score in the two scenes which we mentioned earlier, uh, especially with the spacewalk, I thought they were just great. Music was by Inyo, how do you say his name?
1: Morikone. Morikone.
0: He uses. I think. He uses organs to convey a lot of tension in the film. I just loved it. It was his third collaboration with De Palma. But... I think you have another answer here.
1: All right. Look, this man created the score for the good, the bad, and the ugly. This man, he created the score for Once Upon a Time in the West. This man created the score for The Untouchables, one of my all-time favorite scores. This score stinks.
0: (laughs) Michael, do you play cards? Do I play cards Ace of the sleeve my friend oh, Ace of the sleeve oh really defending the Italian composer point mission to Mars
1: I knew I was gonna ha- I would have a hard time convincing you um, so th- this may have worked out the best for everybody. Shout out for absolutely no reason. The score for Sunshine, yeah. there's a track called Adagio in G, mm-hmm. which is uh, my favorite space score. But the moment from Red Planet that I thought was really interesting and, and and I think highlights why I wanted to talk about music in a little bit of a different way when it comes to these films is the moment when Val Kilmer is singing the Rolling Stones song, your 19th uh, Nervous Breakdown. You only hear the chorus of the song. And you only hear it because Val Kilmer is singing it. And it struck me watching it last night that the movie takes place in 2057. uh, But he's, you know, recalling this track from, you know, what, the 1970s. But, you know, it it tied it back to, like, the earthly experience. And I thought it was a really unique way to frame a pop song in a film.
0: Okay. Okay. Okay.
1: I've said my piece.
0: Our card-playing audience will appreciate that I used one. And the point goes to Mission i I'm, I'm,
1: I'm really glad I didn't have to like, further denigrate Ennio Morricone. It's not his fault. It's not his fault. This movie stinks. <laughs> the next category, Category 8. Best Director. Slash,
0: which movie was directed better? So for Red Planet, we have director Anthony Hoffman. It was his first feature film. Before this, he was a commercial director with major campaigns with Budweiser, American Airlines, and Boeing. He has worked with major stars like Benedict Cumberbatch and Idris Elba as a commercial director. And he hasn't directed any other feature films since the one and only Red Planet. What did you think about Hoffman's direction in Red Planet?
1: It's a shame. It's a shame. What's this guy's name? Anthony? Anthony Hoffman. Anthony. Anthony, I'm sorry. You got... A raw deal here, all right? Your film was released late in the year during, like, Oscar movie season. It was released after people already had gone to see Mission to Mars. So, you know, maybe they weren't rushing to see Red Planet. People had already seen Pitch Black. Maybe they didn't need another desolate I'm on another planet movie. Are you a Hoffman apologist? I'm a fan, and I think he does a lot with a little. This script is plot heavy. It trucks. It is an hour and 45 minutes, and there are cascading system failures from beginning to end in this movie, right? We have the inciting incident, right? The planet is dying. Then we have the solar flare, which disrupts operations on the ship. Then we have the rough landing. We land in the wrong spot. We lose Terrence Stamp. Benjamin Brack gets pushed off a cliff by the mentalist. They are running out of air. They find that the Habs destroyed. They got to the, the, find the rover. And their, their military robot goes crazy. And then there's an ice storm. And then
0: there's... You, you, you are describing a really good... 10-episode Netflix series right now. And then there's
1: nematodes that eat everything, and they explode. And then there's not enough room to fit everybody in the Russian rock probe. I mean... You are describing a really good 10-episode show right now. It's a very exciting movie. It keeps the energy up. I'm engaged with the actors. I feel like there's creative beats and dialogue in each scene, and obviously the director doesn't write the dialogue. But I'm never not engaged by this movie. There are long stretches of Mission to Mars where the film is basically a screensaver. And I could take a nap for 20 minutes and I could wake up and frankly not have missed a thing.
0: It's funny you say that because I felt that about some parts of Red Planet. For me, uh, Anthony Hoffman's movie was like watching a bad TV show. The best parts of the movie were the special effects, I thought. And they were done by several different companies, which was kind of new at the time. To me, in terms of direction, there was nothing stand out. Everything was special effects. Let's talk about Mission to Mars. Gore Verbinski was originally attached to Mission to Mars.
1: Oh, do you know who's a huge Gore Verbinski fan? Me too. Yeah, both of us.
0: Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, Gore Verbinski, Mouse Hunt. Mouse Hunt? You know, he was originally attached, but he left. The Weatherman? He did The Weatherman? I didn't know that. A Cure for Wellness, The Lone Ranger. You're clearly a much bigger fan of his than I am.
1: The Ring. The Ring. Oh, yeah. I just watched Uh, The Ring. Love The Ring. Love The Ring. Pirates of the Caribbean. The first Pirates of the Caribbean is a great American film. People will watch that 100 years from now.
0: Yes. Gore Verbinski, great director, originally attached to Mission to Mars after Mouse Hunt. Uh, He left because of uh, budget reasons. Then Sam Raimi was considered... Frank Marshall was considered. Wow. And finally, the job went to one of my favorite directors, Brian De Palma. Cashing
1: that check, De Palma.
0: Director of Scarface, Mission Impossible, Snake Eyes, Carrie,
1: The Untouchables. Blowout, Dressed to Kill, Body Double.
0: Carlitos Way. He's from the same pack of great filmmakers as Steven Spielberg, George Lucas, Coppola. What did you think about De Palma's direction in Mission to Mars?
1: Boo! Look, I I love Brian De Palma. He's an amazing filmmaker. There are moments in Mission to Mars when I, I feel like his craft is coming out. The scene we talked about, the, the tethered spacewalk, um, the scene when they get to the human habitat, the greenhouse on Mars, and... Don Cheadle is revealed from behind, uh, Gary Sinise's head felt, you know, like it was from a De Palma movie, but this is not in his wheelhouse. This is not the subject matter that he excels with. And I, I can clearly see where the deficiencies in some of these special effects indicate that the budget just wasn't there to accomplish a lot, a lot of what they wanted to accomplish. I, I feel like there's a lot of pieces to this movie that aren't there the, the 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 points in time that we jump with no explanation or how much time has passed but i i feel like there was probably a lot of this film that was you know reworked or or left on left on the writer's room floor because they they just didn't have the the money to to make it
0: i i did not do the research on uh problems with the movies it's the same as when we did uh fuqua and Olympus has fallen. You know, he might have limitations, but there were fuqua you know? So even though this movie is maybe not the best De Palma movie, I thought there was enough De Palma's signature in there to warrant it as a De Palma experience.
1: You know, we're we're going to talk about a lot of movies on this podcast. There are going to be times to honor people like Brian De Palma for the great work that they've done. This is not his great work. But, but... Our buddy Anthony, who directed Red Planet and got a raw deal, this is his only film. Why do you think
0: he got a raw deal, though?
1: I think he made the movie better. I think the movie is better than it should be, and it's because of the direction.
0: Okay, I was not going to bring this up, but the movie, Red Planet, was riddled with problems. And it was, I don't know if it was due to Anthony Hoffman or somebody else, but Sizemore and Kilmer did not get along. The... Effects works, kept getting pushed and pushed and pushed. Therefore, the later release date. uh, If you watch the movie, it's literally tripods not moving. So De Palma, Palma, when in the spacecraft, camera is floating as if floating in gravity. It's giving you that effect of floating in space. Uh, De Palma, we, we already mentioned the sequence of the tethered spacewalk. Uh, ILM comes in with the with the effect of the sand monster, which I thought was great. What do you think of that effect?
1: I was not impressed.
0: Oh my god! This is you this is just the said, year two
1: thousand. You have just said you just said Val Kilmer and Tom Sizemore didn't get along, right? Do you do you read any of that in their performances? Yeah. Really? Yes. No, they when, like each other in when, the movie. When Sizemore is acting with Kilmer, Sizemore hates the
0: Mentalist. I could see it.
1: Let me ask this and question. This was, Let me ask this question. Did you read that before you no, watched the
0: movie? No, I watched it. Uh, I read it after I watched the movie. I read. I did all the research after watching the movie, and while watching the movie, I could sense that there was just something off about the cast interacting. And with each you've
1: other. already said you've already said that the Amy special effects are really good, right? Amaz- yeah, they're amazing. Not only are the effects really good, but you know that sequence where she, well, the sequences where she fights. Where she fights the yeah. actors and how tangible, like, the hits feel. Yeah. That's all directing. That That's also effects work. Yes, but it has to be done on set. I don't know, man. The selling I, of these effects have to be done on
0: set. If, and if I will Amy, say... If Amy was the only effects work that is good and all of the effects, all of the other effects work is not that good, that, that's not direction. I that's don't just, agree that
1: those effects are are worse. I think... I think the spaceship design is more interesting. I think the spacesuit design is well, more interesting. So we will
0: get to those topics down the line.
1: We will get to those topics. I'm, right I'm just I'm talking about choices that were made. And, and I I personally think that the shots that are chosen to sell the planet as another environment, the color correction that's done, I buy the look of Red Planet over Mission to Mars any oh, day of the week. So,
0: so we're going to get into all of those things you talked about, which, which makes us really... Weird because we both used up our ace of the Scenes You have stars. to give
1: it to Anthony Hoffman. You ha- it was his only film. It's his only film. I, I will I will come with me. Come with me. Okay, name I one I promise to bend on something later. Name one awesome sequence in Red Planet. The one that... we the one we talked about. The cross cutting between the fire and the landing. That could be
0: the editor. I'm also,
1: I'm a big fan of the algae field re- reveal Production the Green design. Fields.
0: Which of these things is like a director bringing the whole thing together?
1: I'm a a big fan of the uh, Val Kilmer lures Amy in for the kill. The shot where he is sitting on the ground and the robot head comes down and looks him right in the face. Like a horror movie? Yeah, it's a wonderful shot. Man, you feel so passionately about
0: this. I totally disagree with you, but I will reluctantly
1: give it to you. you. Thank you. Because I'm your friend. Thank you. I told you, I'll bend on something later. Okay. I really wanted to do this for Anthony Hoffman.
0: Oh, my God. Beating on De Palma, it's a sin. But if De Palma, hands down, did a bad job in the movie, which, you know, with a movie like Bonfire in the Vanities, you know, it has mislanded
1: before. So if he did something like that, I would happily let it go. If Val Kilmer appeared... In a film about a conspiracy and assassination that took place during Fight Night, and we were comparing that to Snake Eyes, directed by Brian De Palma. I'd say, give it to Brian De Palma. Brilliant film, brilliant filmmaker. Not this time around.
0: I will, despite disagreeing with you, let it go. All right. So, point uh, Red Planet. Category nine. Best Talk. Cinematog- Are you okay? Yeah. How are, you, how are you feeling emotionally? <laughs> All right. Uh, best cinematography slash shot. So both both films have very great cinematographers. Red Planet cinematographer Peter Soschitsky had done films like Mars Attacks and The Man in the Iron Mask before Red Planet. Since Red Planet, some of the films he has done are A History of Violence, Eastern Promises,
1: and the infamous After Earth. Have you you've seen uh, A History of Violence and Eastern Promises?
0: Yeah. No. No? I, I, I don't remember. I don't remember them. Are they good?
1: They are incredible in ter- films. In
0: terms of cinematography.
1: They, are, they look great, but okay. they are incredible films by David Cronenberg. A History of Violence knocked me on my ass the first time oh, yeah, I you saw it. I've definitely seen that one. You know what? Eastern Promises... Also knocked me on my ass.
0: So, what did you think of Soschitsky's cinematography in Red Planet?
1: You know, I already said that I think the shot choice in Red Planet is really smart. Uh, did you I, not feel that the tripod was just sitting in one place the whole time in Red Planet? I'm, I mean, I don't. I didn't necessarily. I, I didn't necessarily feel that, but I will say that you and I. I don't believe that we've mentioned on this podcast that we are. Filmmakers, videographers. We
0: have, uh, we are film, TV adjacent. We are What's
1: professional. It? We are video professionals. And my taste, I, I, I find that I lock down the camera a surprising amount. You know, it's it's not something I do consciously. It's it's my taste. So I think my taste lined it up, lined up with the cinematography of of Red Planet. And I just am always a fan. Uh, Of filmmakers that can can make more with less. So, you know, I'm not sure where they shot the movie, but, you know, the desert environment that they chose, I thought sold Mars beautifully. So
0: let me tell you this. Both movies were shot in an area of Jordan, which looks like Mars. And then uh, the rest of Red Planet was shot, despite its $80 million budget, was shot in a quarry somewhere. Mission to Mars was also shot in Jordan, as I mentioned earlier, and the rest of it was shot in a big uh, sand pit in Vancouver where they used over 1,400 or 14,000 gallons of paint to paint the soil red for the movie. So it's not, it's not a filter that's making the soil red. They actually painted all the pebbles red.
1: I mean, in my opinion, I feel like the coloring red planet is much more, re- much more appears much more real life. Well, we don't, know what, Mars. we don't know what Mars looks like. It appears much more to what Mars looks like in my head in Red Planet.
0: I felt the other way. What, what, what else are your thoughts about? It definitely
1: feels like they're in a quarry in that last scene, the last scene with him and the Russian space probe, now that you mention it, yes. Um, I also feel like, I mean, I feel like they make better use of the spacecraft in Red Planet.
0: <sighs> I have to say this. If Red Planet was a 20 million, you know, pitch black twenty three million budget movie, and it was what it turned out to be. I would have mad respect for a red planet, but with an eighty million dollar budget to look like the way it does, to feel like the way it does it, it it's it's I cannot give it that extra propage that I give a movie like pitch black
1: i think I think I've come into this at a disadvantage, not having seen mission to Mars in theaters. I feel like some of the shots that are more grand in scale probably sell better. And I'll say that the um, the visual of the alien head is startling and beautiful.
0: You think so? That was my least favorite effect. Oh, of really? The I like
1: the alien head a lot. Yeah. I like the alien head from the perspective of I'm on the planet and I'm looking at it in its profile.
0: Oh, you're talking about the big... Oh, yes, yes. Okay, I agree about oh, that. Oh, the
1: actual alien yeah. stinks.
0: The actual alien stinks. We'll get oh, to that. Oh, man. We'll this
1: almost makes me... I was coming to you. I was coming to Grant this point to Mission to Mars, and now you've reminded me of the PowerPoint presentation and the alien. Mission
0: to Mars uh, director of photography was Stephen H. Burim Have you looked at this man's resume yet?
1: Tell me about it.
0: Second unit director of photography on Apocalypse Now. Director of photography on Rumblefish, The Untouchables, Hoffa, for which he was nominated for an Academy Award, The War of the Roses, Carlitos' Way. Mission Impossible, Snake Eyes and Mystery Men. What did you think of Stephen buram's cinematography in this I,
1: I mean, I've already expressed great great love for The Untouchables uh and Snake Eyes. Uh the, those uh, those films are are near and dear to me. Um look. I just, you know what? You you read that list of films, those are heavy films. Those are uh, human dramas that take place on this planet. Space is just not in these guys' wheelhouse. It's just not in their wheelhouse.
0: I don't know how to. I don't know how we landed so far away from each other in this because I felt when I was watching the movie, I felt like I was on a spaceship. You know that that big De Palma camera move where we see the spinning spacecraft and we go through different sections of it. We, I felt, when watching the movie, the coldness of space. I felt like I was falling towards Mars when the crew abandoned the spaceship. Uh, while, when they landed on Mars, I felt like I was a, on a desolate rock planet. I felt the awesomeness of Mars when we saw the, the face that you mentioned earlier. So for me, between De Palma's direction, Industrial Light and Magic's effects work, and then Stephen Bureum's cinematography, I was absolutely in awe of this world.
1: All right, look, look, look. Okay. The, that first shot in the tethered EVA sequence is stunning. It's stunning. I watched it on my 27-inch desktop. Wait, you watch this movie on a desktop? Yes. Oh,
0: no. No, 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 no.
1: We have to set new rules for this podcast. Seeing Gary Sinise not know how to smile bigger is not going to make this movie better. But to finish my point, even on a desktop computer, that shot's pretty stunning. And I will say, I don't know that there's one stunning shot in Red Planet. So I will bend to your will. And we can grant this point to Mission to Mars. I think all of the
0: categories going forward, you will see that I start bending the other way. Category 10. Best quote slash best dialogue. Red Planet dialogue was a little bit more colorful. Mission to Mars dialogue was calculated. Like scientists might talk. My dialogue nominee for Red Planet is when Sizemore says, short time to live, long time to die. Do you have any nominees?
1: Yeah, there were a few lines in Red Planet that stuck out to me. I'm just going to go down my list of notes here. I think this is also a Sizemore line. He says, uh, some final entry for the bio, disappointed 12 billion people, not including the ex-wives. I also had short time to live, long time to wait. I also uh, wrote down uh, Val Kilmer singing the Rolling Stones song. I don't know if that counts for, for music, or di- music or dialogue.
0: Yeah, a lo- 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 lot of great lines in this movie. I, this. I, I have a, a, a Sizemore line here. I'm a geneticist. Just as, uh, I guess his old monologue there was great.
1: Oh, he's got another line here. Uh, Man's a party animal. As long as he's doing okay, nothing's going to change. Uh, Carrie Ann Moss had a good line. How do you propose I explain to Houston that two of my crew members went blind drinking moonshine vodka? So,
0: well, you're talking about a lot of dialogues here. Like, pick a dialogue, which is the best.
1: I mean, we both wrote We both wrote down short time to live, long time to wait.
0: Okay, so that's uh, the Sizemore. The, that's the nominee from Red Planet. Yeah.
1: With a, a, a honorable mention, the X-Wives line. I thought that was funny.
0: That was pretty good. My dialogue nominee for Mission to Mars is when Tim Robbins is crashing towards the Mars atmosphere and he looks at his arm mirror and watches... The spaceship burn up in the Mars atmosphere. And he says uh, a repeat line from earlier, sarcastically, hey, beautiful. And that's it. That's all I have. Do you have any nominees? No. I think clear winner here. Clear winner. Red Planet. Just a more fun time at the movies. Really, really clever dialogue. Category taken by Red Planet. The next category. Which movie is more fun? This is not even a debate, but tell me which movie is more fun and why.
1: Red Planet is more fun because Mission to Mars is no fun. Agreed. It's unbelievable how not fun Mission to Mars is. (laughs) Okay, Yeah, Red Planet is more fun by virtue of being
0: brainless entertainment. A very fun performance by Sizemore. A special effects bonanza with Amy the robot. The zero gravity fire scene. Pooping on Russian space programs. Exploding bugs, peeing in high arcs, the first Martian murder, a Martian ice storm.
1: This movie is just fun. Brainless, you say. It takes a genius to come up with all that. Let's take a break, Michael.
0: Coming back from the break, okay, let's get into the science fiction genre specific categories. So, what are, explain to our listeners what's a, uh, genre-specific category.
1: Well, so the first 11 categories we're discussing uh, no matter what films we're talking about. These genre-specific categories are specifically designed to dig a little bit deeper in the specific genre that the films we're discussing exist in. So in this case, we're talking about sci-fi films. We've come up with three categories specifically designed for sci-fi film discussion.
0: Category one in the science fiction categories... Which movie has the best lab partner? To elaborate, which scientist or astronaut do you want on your side during crisis? And uh, who do you want to hang out with?
1: This is a good question. We're, we're going to have to talk this through, right? I told you about my number one scientific beef with, with astronaut Gary Svenice, that he seems to put himself in more trouble than he needs to. He, he like, has to be heroic, in a way that's unnecessary. He could have put his helmet on during the depressurization scene and then not passed out. Unless
0: he's such an expert that he knew... He that almost passed no, out. Well, maybe he knew that putting helmet on would waste so much time that he would not be able to save everybody.
1: And Just in case I don't have another opportunity to mention this. One of the most ridiculous things that happens in Mission to Mars is that during the depressurization sequence... The computer voice sounds like it's gonna pass out. The computer voice sound like it sounds like it's gonna pass out. It's it was a very poor
0: choice by the sound mixer of the movie.
1: Terrible choice, terrible choice. Meanwhile, the computer voice, Lucille in Red Planet, very soothing, very authoritative, felt right at home.
0: It was based on AT and T's uh, automated machine voice.
1: Terrible. Why would the voice break up? Why would the computer no, I'm tar- voice? No, I'm talking
0: about the Red Red Planet voice. Oh, okay. They did yeah. a good
1: job then. Um, why <laughs> would a computer voice be disrupted by a lack of oxygen?
0: Well, that's not what we're talking about right now. What Mr. we're Palma, talking about is lab partner.
1: I know. I just needed a um you. Needed to, bring to, you, that you up.
0: needed to get that out of you. Which is good. I hope I, you feel lighter.
1: So, I mean, I would say you know. So we're talking about we want somebody who's like clever, right? Uh, smart, clever, problem solver, and a good hang. You know. I don't want to hang out with the Mission to Mars crew. I mean, not I'm... even Cheadle. Oh, Cheadle, Cheadle. I'm, so, uh, you know, so originally I was split between Cheadle and
0: Sinise because Cheadle is a survivor. So in a sticky situation, he can help us grow plants and crops and stuff, and he doesn't lose his mind no matter how stressful things get. Let's. Sinise, on the other hand, is able to keep us cool and also figure things out.
1: I mean, to me, the the decision is between Tim Robbins. And Cheadle, right? I think Cheadle. Cheadle's creative, clever, and, and, and it seems like a good hang, like a reasonable guy. Um, But Tim Robbins, he'll sacrifice himself for you. Yeah, but he doesn't survive. So there's, so many, there's so many ways in that. He can't be that clever then.
0: <laughs> there's so many ways in that tethered sequence that I can think of where you can use the grapple gun to actually make all four survive into Remo.
1: I do want to highlight that moment where, um, what's the, the wife's name? I don't know her name, but I, it's Connie. Uh... Connie Nielsen, who's also in Gladiator this year. That's a great year. Um, she fires the grappling gun, and you're like, he's going to be saved, and it's going, and it's flying through space, and then. It stops,
0: and that's a great moment. It's and a you great tell moment. me it's a great that moment. De Palma is not the best director.
1: It's a great moment in another in a movie that stinks.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, uh,
1: so I think I would pick Cheadle. So Cheadle, yeah, Cheadle.
0: Cheadle, from Mission to Mars seems like a fun guy and a caring guy who cares for his friends. Has a birthday cake lit for Sinise's character. Amazing guy. In Red Planet, uh, I didn't think any people on the planet were good scientists. I mean, they, when they were running out of air, they did nothing to even try to save, save themselves. But, 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 I'm pretty sure it was Carrie and Moss who suggested that they go to the Russian launcher. I will take Carrie and Moss as my lab partner. She put out a zero-gravity fire by herself. She put herself in harm's way to save, to save the rest of the crew when the solar flares happened. She shot herself into space to get Val Kilmer back to safety. She's also very beautiful, and I would love her friendship and fortitude by my side as we navigate through the challenges of
1: space flight. Her friendship, huh?
0: Her friendship. Who is the best lab partner in Red Planet
1: for you? Uh, You know, I had not thought about carrie Ann Moss. I was really thinking about, is it Val Kilmer or Sizemore? But I think you're right. I think... She's got the intelligence somewhere between the two and she seems like a reasonable person. She seems like a good hang. I mean, if you're going to be She and she
0: put herself at risk for the rest of the crew.
1: Yeah, yeah, she does the she does the Tim Robbins and she doesn't die.
0: She doesn't die and puts out the fire by all by
1: herself. So, is it is, And and she suggest she finds the solution to their problem. I'm pretty sure that Houston found the solution to the problem. I don't want to undercut her. But maybe she suggested it. Who knows? Who knows? Um, okay, so the choice is Carrie Ann Moss or Don Cheadle.
0: No, but I I- loved, I'm going to let you say it. I love Don Cheadle, but Carrie Ann Moss, I'll, 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 I'll ride, I'll ride uh, a spaceship with her, and I'll hang with her anywhere she goes. Trinity. Like, Trinity
1: is my I like how she partner. ties the arms of the spacesuit around her waist. What is this now? She's wearing, like, a spacesuit, and she's like, I gotta, like, make myself comfortable. So she, like, rolls the top of the spacesuit down, the, like, onesie, and then she ties the arms around her waist to create a new look.
0: Yeah. I guess so, yes. Now we're talking, I guess, sexuality, right? No. I'm just talking about how to be comfortable in space. Okay, fine. Yeah, she's uh, hands down Carrie Ann Moss. Best lab partner. All right.
1: She looks good.
0: <laughs> she does. So, the next category which movie has the greatest threat this one's another easy one you want me to get into it do your worst or your best red planet has a murderous crew member who is losing his mind it has exploding insects it has an incompetent geneticist who misidentifies a flying exploding bug as a nematode, which is an earthworm red planet also has a murderous robot red planet also has an earth full of humans that has made it inhabitable. That's Red Planet.
1: Right. We're talking about the end of the world. We're talking about the ultimate stakes of this movie are the end of mankind.
0: I feel like all of these humans are the greatest threat. And plus Amy the Robot.
1: The most dangerous
0: game. Mission to Mars faces aliens who can control a sand tornado that can twist astronauts into shreds. Other than that, the aliens in Mission to Mars are not really hostile. If anything, they could sponsor the next outing after... The M&M's, Dr. Pepper, Penzoil, and Kawasaki sponsorship money runs out.
1: I'm glad you brought this up. I almost want to retroactively go back and remove the cinematography award for Mission to Mars because of the unbelievable, in-your-face product placement that happens in Mission to Mars. I have a list. I have a list. Here is an incomplete list of the product placement. On the spacecraft, on the rover spacecraft, Penzoil. Penzoil, Kawasaki on the spacecraft. You need jet fuels and engines, bro, on Mars. A huge plot point in this movie revolves around M&Ms. M&Ms. The candy of choice for astronauts. And what do they use to save the spacecraft? A doctor's touch. A plastic packet of Dr. Pepper. A plastic packet of Dr. Pepper that flies towards the the screen. It reminded me of, of that year or two where James Cameron convinced everybody that 3D was going to be a thing, you know? And that Dr. Pepper would just fly right right off the screen and into your face. Now I know where they got the budget from this movie. They got the budget from Coca-Cola and, and M&M Mars. Give me a break.
0: <laughs> so I think clearly uh, the greatest threat between these two movies are the threats in Red Planet, which is all the humans in it You know, when against we were, itself.
1: When we were talking about Best Hang, we didn't even mention Dr. Pepper. Who saves the crew. Yes, Red Planet.
0: The third and last category in the science fiction genre-specific categories is... Which movie had the best gadget? Now, this is kind of fun. I like gadgets in movies. Does Amy count as a gadget? I think so.
1: Oh. Yeah.
0: Okay, if she does, then hands down, Red Planet's
1: Amy is the best gadget. I mean, if it's not Amy in Red Planet, what else would it be?
0: Well, if Amy doesn't count as a gadget, then the flexible screens on the... Yes,
1: those are very cool. ...in
0: Red Planet, are, I thought were the best gadget. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I would give it to either one of them. But Amy, definitely 100% better. In Mission to Mars, for me, the grapple gun during the tether space drop was memorable. What about you?
1: Yeah, uh, that's really the only gadget that I had written down. So I, I thought of my, I thought I might have missed something, but... I feel like both gadgets that we've mentioned in Red Planet, the flexible computer screen and Amy, which I think is standout. um, Actually, I wrote down what Amy stands for. Do you remember what Amy stands for?
0: No, no. That's why they give them nicknames, so we don't have to remember them.
1: Autonomous mapping, exploration, and evasion.
0: Yeah, the evasion is what really kicks in. Yeah, that
1: doesn't make any sense. But you need that extra E, -E A-M-E-E. Assault is really what it should be. What was the first one? What was A for? Autonomous, mapping, <laughs> exploration, and evasion.
0: It should be like assaulting, autonomous, mapping, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. It's not great. All right, moving on. Uh, so yeah, hands down, uh, Amy, right? Yes, Amy, Amy takes the down. category, Amy. And if Amy doesn't count, then still Red Planet gets it uh, because of its flexible screens. <laughs> so that was the science fiction categories. And now we take a deeper dive into twin movie special categories.
1: This series of categories... Are specifically designed by you, and and I am unaware of them until we record, but they are specifically diving into similarities between these two movies. These last categories that we discuss on each show will only appear in this episode.
0: Yeah, so this, this is... Uh, when watching twin movies, it's surprising how much they have in common. The first category I have in the twin movie specific categories is... Which movie has the best Mars? For me this one's easy. What are your thoughts?
1: I mean, is it easily Red Planet?
0: <laughs> it's not easy to easily Red Planet. So, maybe not so easy. Well, let, let me tell you what I wrote down about Mission to Mars. All right, I will hear. Mission to Mars had the right coloring and the atmosphere building for an off-world experience, I thought. I felt like uh I was with the astronauts trying to survive on Mars. Uh I mentioned earlier, they built one of the largest sand pits ever built in Vancouver. And the soil was painted red with thousands of gallons of paint. In the sequence where uh, the sand monster attacks, they dropped a real 2,000-pound rock behind the actors when the sand attack happens. Conversely, most Mars scenes in Red Planet, to me, they look like they were just sitting around on a soundstage.
1: I, in that movie, I was just really enjoying Tom Sizemore. I think they're really in the desert, though. You keep saying they look like they're on the sound stage, but they're in the desert. They're in a quarry, and it looks like they're in a quarry. Ugh. <laughs> All right. I'm not happy about this. Think about, think this. about I'm it. I'm not happy about this.
0: Think about it. Which Mars looked like Mars?
1: Look, I have dragged you. I have dragged you through the red sand to vote for a red planet in many categories. I will join you in giving this point to Mission to Mars. I will say that Mission to Mars gets a little bit of credit for imagining something new, right? The alien head mountain, the Mac ad that the actors enter within the, the, the mountain, and the PowerPoint presentation room.
0: So you, you, I want to tell you this about the Mac ad that you mentioned. That lighting and building that soundstage was not
1: an easy task. And, it's impressive. It's yeah. impressive looking. And it's unique, which is why I will, I will join you and say Mission to Mars may have this point.
0: Okay, so thank you for uh, agreeing with me about this, and Mission to Mars gets the point for Best Mars. Moving on. Category 2 in the twin movie-specific category. Which movie's story had the best
1: use of old Mars rovers? Thoughts? I'm trying to recall the use of the old Mars rover in Mission to Mars. I so remember the oxygen generator. Let me, let me tell you what, what happens in each Yeah, moment. hit me with it.
0: Red Planet used the parts salvaged from a Mars rover.
1: From, like, the Curiosity rover.
0: Yeah, like, many years ago, to get what they needed to use the Russian launch vehicle, right? No, they
1: got the radio.
0: The radio. They, yeah. got, they got They salvaged parts from the Mars rover to get what they needed to go to the next place. Uh, Mission to Mars used the Mars rover to beam an answer to the aliens oh. in the alien phase. So which movie story had the better use of the rover?
1: I mean, I really like that they used a real rover. Like, we sent a real rover to Mars in 1997.
0: But the But the design in Mission to Mars rover is the same as all of those rovers that were sent in uh, between 2000 and 2010. Can you describe, the, na- what's the name of the category again? Which movie story had the best use of old Mars rovers? Because they both, both used old Mars rovers. Which one used it better in the story?
1: Look, I really like the way that they used the Curiosity rover in Red Planet. And the... Analyzing of the audio signal that Don Cheadle does on the planet Mars is totally ridiculous. It's the audio version of Zoom Enhance. Zoom Enhance. It's crazy. It doesn't make any sense. That being said, it's more necessary. It's more emotional. It's more necessary to the success of the movie that that rover does more work. So
0: It's also kind of a sacrifice and a risk that it takes. The rover? Yeah. It, you don't know what's going to happen yeah. because of what happened the first time. I
1: mean, nobody cares about the rover. That's why it's out there.
0: But, you know, like, so so in the story of the movie, the aliens are, like, passing this knowledge onto human beings, and humans are using the thing they, that they built with their knowledge to make communication with the aliens. It's quite emotional, my friend.
1: So they sent a fleshlight with wheels out to speak to the mountain.
0: Hey, you know... Payloads are a thing. You can only have this much payload in a ship to land on Mars. I mean, Mars. I
1: don't know if you gathered, but I, I was granting you that. The, are, you, are you retracting? No, I'm granting you that the role the rover plays. I'm disagreeing with myself now. Because they absolutely need to get the rover in Red Planet so that they can communicate with the base ship. All right, you can give it to Mission to Mars. You can give it to Mission to Mars.
0: All right, best use of Mars rovers goes to Mission to Mars. Oh, my God. I I haven't tallied up the votes yet, but I think it might be close. The next, Category 3 in best twin movie categories. Which movie had the best spaceship and spacesuit design? I'm with you on this one, Michael.
1: Give it to us. I'm so excited that this is a category. I will say, I liked the effort that they made... In mission to mars to appear authentic uh it's clear that they had some support from from nasa there's nasa logos actually funnily enough
0: that nasa did not support the uh, nasa was not unsupportive but there's not that much technical uh, they did but not, they let
1: them use the logo
0: they, they let them use the logo but it wasn't like a nasa scientist was on site
1: the um the spacesuits feel very authentic in that they're they're not flashy, they appear more functional than fashionable, uh and the spaceship as well you know it felt more functional than fashionable, and when you look at like the old you know Gemini spacecraft or the Apollo spacecraft, the inside's really nothing to write home about you know the the more complex these things are, the more likely something can go wrong um that being said, that's not why I go to the movies i I thought that the 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 spacesuits in red planet are are fun they're futuristic they still appear to be functional i like the removable chest plate like each suit kind of has its own look i like that their names are on the suits like very clearly so i i you know i feel like i i i still don't know what a lot of the characters names are in mission to mars um i just call them by their actor names and I especially like the light effects that come out uh, of the suits in Red Planet when the mentalist is attacked and killed by the Amy robot. He's lying on the ground, and this this light has been exposed, so he's got this beam shooting out of him. And um, I like the spaceship in Red Planet. I especially like the buttons. The buttons are, are very creative. They turn, you know? There, there's different... These buttons that turn, and they change color. Yeah. Um It felt like, you know, more work went into that than than had to.
0: Yeah. So I know that you gave best direction to Anthony Hoffman earlier. I got to tell you this about what I found in the research for Red Planet. Educate me. That Red Planet's producers wanted to try new directors, which is how Anthony Hoffman came to be. As you you know, back then, a lot of commercial directors were brought in to make feature films. So they surrounded Anthony Hoffman with... A really great established team of designers and craftsmen. And I think it shows the, the, the culmination of that shows in Red Planet. Because once you get past the bad CGI, which at best looks like a screensaver, the spaceship design in Red Planet is just cooler. The inside hallways in Red Planet are narrower, which is somehow cool and more believable. We have space showers. We have touchscreen technology. When I was looking at it, I was like, whoa, this is like 2022 technology when I was looking at all of that touchscreen that was going on. Even the fonts and the design elements, the UI that they display on the screens of Red Planet is very contemporary and it has aged really well. So even though Mission to Mars showed some modern technology, Red Planet far outpaces it and outstyles it in every way.
1: I'm glad you mentioned the the touchscreen interaction it was very convincing. I, I feel like in, in that time, and there's moments that this happens in, in Mission to Mars, where you you know that they put the screen in later. Um, it doesn't always feel like they're actually reacting to what we're seeing on the screen. But, you know, when 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 she's scanning the Mars landscape, it feels so tactile. The screen seems to respond with every one of her movements. Um, I was really impressed by that and similarly impressed with the way that people interact with with the Amy robot. And I have to imagine that um, Anthony Hoffman uh, had some experience with that, you know? I'm I'm sure that some of his ads had people interacting with with CG that they would put in later because it's really hard. I mean, that's something that's really hard to do. Especially
0: in the year 2000. You talked about spacesuit earlier. I also wanted to mention the spacesuits in Red Planet. Hands down, Better. Better. Sleeker. The astronauts look like they can move. You would imagine by 2057 NASA can actually figure out some of this technology. Uh, They have the retractable CGI helmet that collapses into the suit, you know, using the same technology that Iron Man develops many years later. They have the flexi screen for the monitors, which we discussed earlier, built into the spacesuit. You know what? Just red planet hands down, better spaceship, better spacesuit. The next category, category four in the twin movie specific category. Which movie has the best spaceship destruction from
1: a fire scene? Thoughts? So we've talked about the red planet scene where fire exists in kind of gaseous plumes. And uh, Carrie Ann Moss's character attempts to put it out with some sort of space fire extinguisher. That's probably the worst special effect in, in, in the whole movie. Um,
0: but Yeah, u- but we're talking about the scene. not A the unique
1: effect. scenario, yeah. Yeah. Um, so the fire destruction in Mission to Mars is from that explosion uh, that triggers the spacewalk. Oh, you know, I went back, I, I, I rewinded a couple times to just understand what caused the explosion. So it seemed like there was some debris, right, floating. Uh, uh, I'll break it down. Debris caused
0: holes in the fuel line when fuel was sent through the pipe. Fuel got pushed out, becoming a frozen fuel thing, which was slowly floating towards the oh. engine when the engine turned on
1: with an orbital flame, correcting burn
0: and the explosion happened because of the fuel right behind it.
1: okay. that was very confusing.
0: I didn't find it to be confusing. it was to me it was like pretty straightforward
1: for the sake of 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 simplicity and and clarity. I'm a fan of the sequence in Red Planet.
0: I agree with you. The zero-gravity fire, despite its flawed effects. Just more fun. Just more fun. The fire looked great.
1: Yeah, a fire in outer space. Always a good time.
0: Carrie Ann Moss, putting out a fire in space. Best fire scene. I know you want to talk about zero-G, and you know because this is talking about zero-gravity fire, I figure you might as well talk about zero-G here.
1: Oh, this, this fire category is where I can talk about zero-G. Zero-G,
0: if you want to talk about zero-G. All G.
1: right. The zero-G in Mission to Mars, stinks. And I don't know that I would have, that it would have caught my eye so clearly, except after watching Apollo 13, I watched all the special features on the Blu-ray, and they talked about how they used this aircraft that, as I mentioned, it would fly in a, a parabola, which is this kind of high arc, and that they, you know, shot um, as much of it as they could, or or they selectively chose shots that were most important for the actors to appear in Zero-G. And it's so effective. It's so effective. And, you know, there were some other behind-the-scenes interviews where they talked about when they were not in Zero-G and they were just on a soundstage, how they would just kind of rock back and forth where they were sitting or standing to sell that they were still in zero G. And there's not a moment in Apollo 13 that, I, that I'm thinking, oh, these people are just standing on a soundstage. Whereas in Mission to Mars, I feel like I can sense every time that somebody is just kind of waddling back and forth because it feels repetitive and it doesn't feel random enough. And I can feel every time that someone is wearing a wire because they're only spinning on one axis, you know? Well,
0: the, the dead giveaway is the hair, right? Like if the hair is not floating, that's a dead giveaway. And when you're making a movie, you're not actually going to Mars or space. So you have to take concessions every which way. I mean,
1: red planet makes the best decision, which is to not worry about it. it. It, 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 creates an artificial gravity which gives us space showers fantastic and does not leave room for any of this like ridiculous fake floaty shots
0: one of the most fascinating things about space is the zero g why would you not want that as as an effect in your movie
1: it's really hard to do but that's that's why i'm watching your movie show me some good zero g yeah but if you can't do it well then don't do it but if you don't do it then it's not cool no, it's Red Planet. is the coolest movie I've ever seen, so check, pretty, mate.
0: It is a pretty cool movie. So, okay, so Zero-G, uh, Michael not impressed with Zero-G in Mission to Mars. If I could
1: take a point away from Mission to Mars for the Zero-G, I would take it away.
0: But best spaceship destruction from a fire goes to... Red Planet. Red Planet. The last category for the podcast, the the bitter end here, the last twin movie-specific category today is... Which movie has the best astronaut death scenes? Oh,
1: interesting. The
0: first death in Red Planet is a spleen rupture. Yeah, boring. Interesting, but boring. The second is a murderous fall into the canyon.
1: I love the way the fall looks. I, I, I would not have thought about it as it being the most spectacular death, but the way he spins, it's very believable. An off-screen bugs-in-the-helmet death? Mm, mm. Well, it's more of an Amy death. We're talking, about, no, the, I we're thought talking it was about the mentalist, right?
0: The mentalist, yeah. Amy breaks the helmet, but it's never shown. You just kind of have a point of view. and Right, then it's off, it off
1: screen. But he gets clobbered, and then the not-nematoids eat him.
0: Yeah, but we never see him getting clobbered. Yeah. A Tom Sizemore wiping out all of the algae on Mars. Death? Oxygen burn-off. An oxygen burn-off Oxygen
1: burn-off event.
0: And that's all I have for deaths here. Yeah. Is there anything else to add? I don't think so. All right, Mission to Mars has an astronaut... Shredded apart by a sand tornado.
1: We don't have to go any further. We don't have to go any further. I, my mouth, my my jaw dropped when the man spun was spun around so fast that he exploded.
0: <laughs> that was that was I was watching it with uh, my kid, and I had to cover her eyes for that part of the movie.
1: It's very graphic. <laughs>
0: The, this movie also has a rock into the helmet yeah, depth, somebody but they, gets I,
1: clocked with the Mars rock yeah. they
0: actually show it uh, it has a very tragic Tim Robbins falling towards Mars atmosphere and then removing his helmet, he
1: freezing first really looked like a dead person in space yeah, uh, so you know mission to Mars? I don't think there's any debate
0: perfect, so those are all the categories, uh, let's take a break We are back from break, Michael. Do you have uh, the tally? I have a final
1: tally. Okay, Michael, give it to us. Best leading actor. Best leading actor. This was a compromise category. We we gave best lead actor to Mission to Mars in lieu of giving best cast to Red Planet.
0: We worked together and found a solution. Best title. Which film had the better title?
1: I believe this was my ace up the sleeve selection for Red Planet.
0: You took it. You took it from Depaul. Which film won box office? Very objective. Mission to Mars. $111 million. Which movie had the best cast? The compromise category. Back to Red Planet. The best title drop?
1: No points awarded.
0: Zero. First time in this podcast, zero points awarded. It
1: only took two podcasts for it to happen.
0: Best music moment slash needle drop. This was the ace of my sleeve. Yeah,
1: we gave it to Mission to Mars. Mission to Mars with some awesome scoring. You probably could have convinced me.
0: You know, it used like this heartbeat organ thing, which I thought was pretty good.
1: Uh, okay. Well, we don't need to relitigate. Uh, best director. Which movie
0: was directed better? Category? You're welcome,
1: Anthony Hoffman.
0: The only time you'll be mentioned as a best. It's director. It's the only
1: film that he's ever directed. So to be the best director for the film that you've the only film you've directed, that's pretty good. To beat out De Palma. All right, whatever. Best Cinematography slash Shot. We gave that to Mission to Mars.
0: That was not a reluctant one, though. I
1: want to make a note that I made the screensaver joke before you made a screensaver joke.
0: But you thought the Mission to Mars was a screensaver, and I thought Red Planet was a screensaver.
1: Right, and one of us is right. Yes. Next category.
0: Uh, Which movie had the best quote? This was an easy one.
1: Tell us. Red Planet. What was the quote? Short Time to Live. Long time to wait. Next category, which movie is more fun? There's only one movie that is any fun, and it is Red Planet. Uh, Going into the
0: sci-fi-specific categories, which movie has the best lab partner and who?
1: We both, the only time we agreed completely on this podcast, it's Carrie Ann Moss. That's your your greatest lab partner.
0: You were not even thinking about her when I mentioned her.
1: No, I wasn't. As a lab partner.
0: Next category, which movie had the greatest threat? Red Planet. Red Planet. Humans being the greatest threat to humanity. Which movie had the
1: best gadget? Also Red Planet. But which, what was the gadget? The Robot Amy. Robot Amy. The what a... Autonomous Mapping Exploration and Evasion. Which movie has the best Mars? Somehow we gave this to Mission to Mars.
0: A well-deserved win there. Which movie had the best use of old Mars rovers in its story?
1: We also gave this to Mission to Mars.
0: Best spaceship and space... Sh- best spaceship and spacesuit design? Red Planet. No competition. We, we agreed Hands there. down.
1: Which movie has the best... I, I just... we there, there was also, and I just want to mention this to be fair, there was company names printed on the suits in Red Planet. There but, was GM... Nokia, Toshiba, and IBM, and I think there's one I missed. They were they were not very in your face
0: like they were. No, they weren't Space
1: in your Mars. face like Dr Pepper.
0: Uh, next category: Which movie has the best spaceship destruction from a fire scene? Red Planet. Which
1: movie has the best astronaut death scenes? We gave that to the tornado dismemberment in Mission to Mars.
0: Now, Michael, I know you have the total tally, but before we get into it, I'll tell you this, that this is one of the more popular twin movie pairings. And you can find a lot of information about this twin movie pairing and people actually talking about these movies. And they can never quite decide which one is better or worse. But we have solved it for the greater population here. We have an actual tally. Tell us the totals.
1: All right. Before I say that, I'm really surprised how different these movies are. They are wildly different in tone and in what they're trying to accomplish. Obviously, I prefer Red Planet. I think it's, uh, it's a summer movie that came out in November for some reason. And I think not enough people have probably seen it. Um, that being said, you know, Mission to Mars, it's a big swing. It's, a, it's an ambitious film um, that I, I feel like does not... Achieve what it sets out to. Unfortunately, I think part of that has to do with limitations on on CG and uh, at the time, and because the subject matter is just not in the wheelhouse uh, of the filmmakers. Our final tally with Mission to Mars: eight points. Red Planet: ten points.
0: God. Amazing, amazing. Red Planet Beating Out, Mission Impossible. Did you know... (laughs) Did I say Mission Impossible? Red Planet Beating Out, Mission to Mars. I
1: love Mission Impossible.
0: It's a good movie. Also Uh, by Brandon Palmer and the cinematographer. I know.
1: I mean, it's a great, great film. I watched it the other day. It popped up on Netflix. I watched it like three days ago. Did you know that I was going to be so uh, on the side of Red Planet when you came in here?
0: Yeah, 100%.
1: I had no idea that you were going to... So, in the Mission to Mars corner.
0: So, I, I watched Red Planet first for this podcast because I was like, you know what? I will not watch Mission to Mars, which I was very familiar with. I've seen that movie a few times and uh, did not want to go, you know, blinded, you know. So, I, I watched Red Planet and hands down my favorite part about Red Planet was Tom Sizemore. You put that man there with everything he does in the movie, I was having a good time. And the movie is, in fact, a good time. But... To me, Pitch Black does it much better than Red Planet does because Pitch Black has more limitations, less star power, and I do not know who the director was. I'm pretty sure it was someone new, but Pitch Black does Red Planet significantly better than Red Planet does Red Planet. Votes have been cast. Decisions have been made. I reluctantly agree to this decision. Red Planet towers over De Palma's mission to Mars. Great job, Hoffman and the team, and Amy. The winner for this episode of the Hollywood vs. Hollywood podcast is...
1: Red Planet.
0: This was fun. That's what we're here for, for fun, and to
1: put unresolved matters to rest. I'm glad that we could tackle it objectively and come up with a solution here.
0: After this podcast, I would, I would even suggest that in any future conversations about these twin movies, I think Pitch Black
1: should be in there. I'm going to have to rewatch Pitch Black. But Pitch Black doesn't take place on Mars. I don't think it qualifies in the twin movie conversation, or I guess that would be the triplet movie conversation.
0: Next time you look up at the sky, remember that we might have some ancient ancestors or killer exploding bugs waiting for us on the fourth rock from the sun one day. Signing off from Earth, this is HT with my co-host, Michael, on the Hollywood vs. Hollywood podcast. Have a nice day. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Hollywood vs. Hollywood podcast. Please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen. And connect with us on Instagram at HollywoodVspod.